Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist Church. Welcome to North Castle. If you uh, couldn't tell on your on your way in, we are all ready for vacation, Bible school, the Knights of North Castle, and uh, that is uh, beginning tomorrow morning and all week long. And so we're uh, anticipating a, a number, dozens and dozens of kids from the community coming in and and experiencing God's grace here at this church. And thank you to everybody who has uh, taken the time to set up and to prepare and who is uh, going to be leading. And and I would just ask for all of you, whether you have any part in this VBS or not, that you would be praying throughout this coming week for all of the children and all of the leaders who will be a part of this Vacation Bible School this week, that this will be a meaningful event for them. and They will know that they are precious children of God and know God's love through uh, through the grace and the ministry of this church. Uh, one thing we do need at the end of this service, we need to move the altar back. And so if a couple of people would be willing to come up at, at the end of the service just to help us move the altar back so that we have more space up here for VBS, we'd appreciate that. Uh, I'd ask you to find the attendance pads that are in the pews. They sh- there should be attendance pads in each of the pews. If you would find those, fill those out, pass them along to others. While you're doing that, I want to say welcome to those who are worshiping with us online. We are live streaming now, so uh, those at home or out of town can worship with us live. So welcome to you uh, and to those who are watching uh, later on, on the video as well. We pray that this worship service will be meaningful for you as well. Uh, your announcements are in the bulletin. I'd encourage you to look over those, take this uh, with you so that you know the things that are coming up. Uh, just one note about that, the Disciple Bible Study that I will be leading uh, beginning at the end of August. Looks like we're probably going to be meeting on Tuesday evenings. So if you've been thinking about that and wondering uh, if, if you're interested in that, looks like we'll do Tuesday evenings. It's a 34-week course, daily readings, weekly meetings, and uh, really a great overview of the entire Bible, getting uh, in-depth and, and really understanding the Bible on, on a new level. So if you're interested in the Disciple Bible Study program, my email address is, is in the bulletin so that you can email me, let me know your interest in that. We are here this morning to worship our God, so I invite you to be in an attitude of worship, and I invite you to stand as you're able for the call to worship. Good morning. Please join with me in the call to worship. Blessed is the Lord, God of our ancestors. And to be praised and highly exalted forever. And blessed is God's glorious holy name. And to be praised and highly exalted forever. Bless the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Sing praise to him and highly exalt him forever. Let Let us us worship our God. God. Amen. Amen. Please join with me in the opening hymn, God of Love and God of Power. Thank you. 
Please join with me in the opening prayer found in your bulletin. Blessed are you, O Lord, God of our ancestors, and worthy of praise. Glorious is your name forever. For you are just in all you have done. All your works are true, and your ways are right. We have sinned and broken your law in turning away from you. Do not withdraw your mercy from us. Deliver us in accordance with your marvelous works. And bring, and bring glory, glory to your name, name, O Lord. O Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, you are our refuge. You are the one who rescues us in danger. You are the one who protects us 
in all times and strengthens us through all trials. Lord, we thank you for your love and for your grace and for your power that you give to us that we may live as your beloved children, that we may serve you as your creation. Lord, thank you for your blessing, for your calling upon us. Thank you for inviting us into your family, and thank you for giving us an opportunity to witness to you, to others, that they might know the truth of your grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for this church and this community throughout this coming week of Vacation Bible School. For each and every child that enters into this building, Lord, we pray that you will wash over them with your grace. For each and every servant of this church that comes to offer of their time and their abilities and their love, might you work through them, bless them and strengthen them in your name, that all might be done according to your glory, that, that we might continue to build up your kingdom here in this place, even as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray for those going through difficult times right now, and we know, Lord, that you are their refuge. And so we pray that we will see your glory revealed even through their struggles, that they will be able to fully rely on you, and that we too will be able to fully turn ourselves over to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. As we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite the ushers forward now to receive the offering plates.
please join me in the prayer of dedication. O Lord, there is no offering or sacrifice we can make to repay your great gift to us in Jesus Christ. Yet with a contrite heart and a humble spirit, may our offering be acceptable to you. May we unreservedly follow you with all that we have and all that we are. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, our scripture lesson comes from Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 to 18. Accordingly, at this time, certain Chaldeans came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, an entire musical ensemble shall fall down and worship the golden statue. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews who whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These pay no heed to you, O king. They do not serve your gods, and they do not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, an entire musical ensemble to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is, and who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, you have no need to present a defense to we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Gene. Those of you who are involved with Vacation Bible School this week know that this uh, story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the Bible story for the first day of Vacation Bible School. Speaking as a, a parent uh, who had children in the early 2000s, I can't read this story from Daniel chapter 3 without thinking of the VeggieTales version of the story. VeggieTales was, was this series of digitally animated children's videos that, that told Bible stories using talking fruits and vegetables. Bob the tomato, Larry the cucumber, they were my good friends for many years. Truth be told, I think I bought the VeggieTales videos more for myself than I did for the kids. But the one on Daniel chapter 3 was one of my favorites. It was called Rack Shack and Benny. Rack Shack and Benny were line workers in a chocolate factory owned by Mr. Nezer. And one day Mr. Nezer decided to make a huge chocolate bunny, larger than any chocolate bunny that had ever been made. And so, so impressed was he with this chocolate bunny that he decided that all of his workers needed to bow down and worship his giant chocolate bunny. 
I have known people in my day who worship at the throne of St. Chocolate. You probably do too. A giant chocolate bunny is actually, I think, a pretty good representation to children of the idol in this story. In Daniel 3, it was a statue of pure gold, but most children don't care too much for about the value of gold. But candy? Kids know the value of candy. I do think that that is an important element in this story, what the statue was made out of. It's a story about resisting the temptation to idolatry, and idolatry is worshiping anything other than the one true God. In that sense, it doesn't matter what the statue was made out of. King Nebuchadnezzar could have made a statue out of sticks or out of scrap metal or out of any other material, and it still would have been just as wrong to bow down and worship that statue. But he didn't use sticks or scrap metal or, or anything of little value. He built the statue out of pure gold. I think there's a reason for that. When we're talking about idolatry, it, it can be kind of a cop-out to say, don't worship anything other than God, but then not name some of those things in this world that are, in fact, we are tempted to exalt over God. Gold represents money. Money represents worldly influence and power. Money represents being self-secure. Money represents perhaps our greatest temptation when it comes to trusting in something other than God. King Nebuchadnezzar set up a statue of gold. The Bible tells us that it was 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. That translates loosely to about 90 feet by 9 feet. Those are rather odd proportions when you picture it. More of an obelisk or or a pillar than a statue. The point is, though, that it was tall enough to be seen everywhere and to overshadow everything. The wealth and power of King Nebuchadnezzar stood over all the region. There are two sets of lists in Daniel 3 that get repeated over and over with the exact same wording. One is a list of people, the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province. The other is a list of musical instruments, the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, and the entire musical ensemble. The repetition of these two lists over and over with the exact same wording has a bit of a comical effect when you read the chapter, but it's also intended to show the universal scope of this edict. These people and these instruments reached into all sectors of society. There wasn't anyone of any social stratus outside the reach of this command. And what was this command? to bow down and worship the golden statue. To acknowledge King Nebuchadnezzar, the one whom the statue represented, to be the all-powerful, the almighty, worthy of praise. Praise that the Jews knew could rightly go only to God. Worship is reserved for the Lord alone. Now to someone who doesn't know the Lord, the king's edict doesn't really seem all that out of line. To someone who doesn't know the Lord, the ways of this world is all there is. 
And the ways of this world are wealth and worldly power. Might makes right. The golden statue showed King Nebuchadnezzar to be the wealthiest and most powerful, which according to the ways of this world meant that he could do whatever he wanted and command whatever he wanted from others. If you want to get along in this world, best to just do what he says. If he says bow down and worship this golden statue, why not? After all, wealth and worldly power is all there is to give allegiance to anyway. But the Jews had a different allegiance. Their allegiance was not to gold or to kings, but to the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Their allegiance was not to a person who could do them harm or do them good here on earth, but to the one who could do them good or harm for all time, the one whose reign and whose kingdom is eternal. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the golden statue. In refusing to bow down to the golden statue, they refused to place the false values of this world ahead of God. In the case of gold, the false value is wealth. That is one that strikes at the heart of our society today as much as it ever has in the history of humankind. We have placed the accumulation of wealth at the center of our culture, even Christianizing it as a a virtue. And some have become very good at it. Some have become so good at it that they've accumulated enough wealth to launch themselves into space. And yet, while they play Buck Rogers with their piles and piles of money, thousands upon thousands of people in this world continue to starve or die of treatable diseases for lack of financial resources, and no one bats an eye. If you don't think that our society, including a very large contingent of Christians, is currently bowing down and worshiping a statue made of gold, then you're not paying attention. But wealth isn't our only idol. Like I said earlier, I think that a giant chocolate bunny is a pretty good representation of this story to children. But it's not just children, is it? American society today is more overweight, less healthy than any society before in the history of the world. Why? Because we bow down and worship at the altar of self-gratification. The God of the Bible calls us to self-denial, self-sacrifice. But when there's another slice of pie to be eaten? Hmm. I'm not trying to be facetious here. Our unhealthy ways have everything to do with our faith. Because the fact is that we are constantly trying to fill ourselves with whatever makes us feel good in the moment when the empty spot we're trying to fill can only truly be filled by God. And so we indulge ourselves in foods that have no nutritional value or drugs that have no medicinal value or sex outside of the covenant of marriage or whatever it is that we want right now all the while forgetting our God who tells us our bodies are to be temples of the Holy Spirit. All the while leaving behind the Lord who tells us to take up the cross and follow him. 
You see, idolatry is a much bigger problem than simply bowing down to a physical statue. The kind of pillar that King Nebuchadnezzar set up, that might not be a challenge for us today. But we do have our idols. We do have those things that we trust in more than God. We do have those things that we rely on, even though God tells us clearly, that is not of me. That is not my way. If you think that to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all you have to do is go to church on Sunday and not bow your knee to a statue the rest of the week, you're fooling yourself. To be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego means to keep God first and foremost in every area of your life. To refuse to participate in those things that God has told us are harmful to ourselves or to others. To shun those things that claim to offer security or comfort without a full submission to God. But doing so is going to cause you to stand out. That is something that we see very clearly here in Daniel chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the golden statue, and this refusal became very obvious. Why? Because everyone else around except them was bowing down. Here's another lesson for us from this story. It's not just the things of this world that can become idols for us. It is also the pressure to conform that can lead us astray. You might not be tempted by wealth or food or sex or or any of the other things that are such prevalent idols, but the culture that you live in is tempted by those things, and more than that, the culture you live in has decided to give in and bow down to those things, and they're going to expect you to go along with it. We often warn teenagers against the dangers of peer pressure, But how many adults need to learn that lesson for themselves? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had no interest in bowing down to a statue made of gold. That statue had no value to them. I can't imagine that they were even tempted in the least by that statue. But by the fact that everyone else around them was bowing down to worship that statue, and that by not bowing down, they were standing out head and shoulders above the crowd and inviting unwanted attention to their refusal to go along, there had to have been some temptation to bow down, not because of the idol itself, but simply to avoid making waves, to avoid standing out. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not do it. They would not give in. They stood strong and firm in their faith, even when it meant that they would be singled out for it, even when it meant that they would be ridiculed for it, even when it meant they could be killed for it. The king didn't immediately notice himself. The Bible says that some Chaldeans pointed out their disobedience to the king. The Chaldeans are are those people who aren't going to let you get away with just living your life as a Christian. They're going to darn well make sure that they make your life as difficult as possible because of it. The the Chaldeans are, are going to make sure that you get scorned. They're going to be sure that you 
get judged. Not judged by God, mind you, but judged by the society that has no use for God. The Chaldeans are going to make sure that you suffer consequences for your failure to comply to their values, their prejudices, their systems and structures that make society run so smoothly. If you don't simply go with the flow, sooner or later there is going to be a Chaldean to call you on it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got called out by the Chaldeans for their nonconformity to the king's decree. The king, being the gracious man that he was, gave them a second chance. He told these three protesters that, that they were out of line, but if they were now ready to bow down to the statue, then all would be well and good. If there were, they were not ready, there would be trouble. He would fire up the furnace as hot as he could get it and throw them in. When you stand up for what's right, when you refuse to bow down to idolatry and injustice, there are often going to be consequences, and sometimes those consequences can be dire. This is one of those dire situations. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were threatened with death. But not only death, they were threatened with an unimaginably torturous form of death, being thrown into a blazing, fiery oven. Do you think they weren't afraid? There's no indication in the Bible that they were afraid. I can't imagine, though, how they couldn't be terrified. I would be. Here's what they answered the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. There are several things that I, I want us to notice about that response. First of all, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not argue with the king. They didn't enter into a debate with the king. They didn't stage a violent revolt against the king. In fact, even after he threatened to burn them alive in a fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego continued to show deference to the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, O king, they called him. to do something that went against God, they refused. But they didn't make a, a big show of it. They didn't stage an insurrection. They, they simply refused to do what God, commanded the, what, what God had commanded them not to do while continuing to show respect to the king. Secondly, we, we need to realize that they were not entirely certain if they would die in that furnace or not. They didn't know. 
their willingness to go into the fiery furnace would, would be a little bit easier for us to relate to if, if they had been told directly by God or, or by an angel or by somebody in the know that the fire wouldn't be able to touch them. They didn't know that. They didn't say to the king, our God is going to protect us from the flames. They said, if our God is able to deliver us, great. But if not, we're going in anyway. We're not about to turn our backs on God, no matter what happens to us because of it. That's a tremendously high degree of faith. To be willing to face the fire in faithfulness to God, not knowing for sure what's going to happen. But one thing they did know for sure. They knew for sure, whether God protected them from the flames or not, they knew that they were better off being faithful to the one true God than bowing down to an idol. Bowing down to that idol might have meant saving their earthly lives, but they knew that nothing compared to what God had in store for them. There is a promise from God that goes far beyond anything of this earth, infinitely beyond this earth. And it is in looking to that promise that we are made strong in the Lord. So, into the fiery furnace they went. And of course, you know, they were not burned to a crisp. In fact, the flames didn't singe them at all. The flames were so burning hot that even some of the guards outside of the oven throwing them in got burned to death. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were completely untouched by the flames or even by the heat. God protected them entirely. And when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he saw not three men in there, but four. The king asked, was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? But I see four men unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they are unhurt. Who this fourth man was, the Bible doesn't specifically say. The king said that he had the appearance of a god. He also declared, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. Jewish tradition saw this fourth figure as Michael or one of the archangels. Christian tradition sees him as, sees this saving figure as Christ himself. And this is indeed the reality of Christ for us. Jesus is the one sent by our Heavenly Father to be our protection and our salvation. Christ is the one who enters into every pain, every struggle, all of the difficult moments in life. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Christ is there. When we are being flooded under the deep waters, Christ is there. When we are thrown into the fiery furnace, Christ is there. He walks side by side with us through all things, and he brings us through safe and secure by his grace. That doesn't mean that we know exactly how things will turn out. We don't. 
Keep in mind, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not know if God would save them from the flames or not. But they did know that as long as they were committed to God, God would continue to be with them. So whatever the outcome would be, it would be of God. And if it is of God, then it is good. That is the lesson for us. We don't need to know the ending ahead of time. We don't need to know all the details. All we need to know is that as long as we remain committed to God, God will continue to be with us. So whatever happens, it will be of God. And if it is of God, then it is good. We know that this is the case because we know our Savior. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who does walk with us even through the flames, who protects us by his power, who strengthens us by his grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you now to stand as you are able for our closing hymn, which is Lead On, O King Eternal. It's in the hymnals at number 580.
as you go from this place. Continue to follow the Lord who leads us forward. He is our refuge, our salvation. Go in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.